we're looking at Hebrews 3. And that can be found on page 1202 of the Bibles in front of you. So page 1202, Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of a greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not for those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Thank you, Sarah. Morning, everyone. Um, have you ever had the um, experience of, of walking along the road, or, you know, path, and, and chatting to a friend, or maybe um, a bit too engaged in your phone as you're kind of looking along, and then before you know it, one of those really low-hanging trees on Neville Avenue, just like, poof, you just end up walking into a tree. Have you had that? Is that just me? Just me, then. But, you know, but it's, um, it's more sort of 
pain, it's painful in lots of ways, isn't it? It's painful because you smash your head and it's just really embarrassing, uh, particularly if someone next to you laughs uh, next door to you. Uh, but the reason is because you're not looking where you're going. You know, not perhaps the, the, the biggest first lesson of driving is to, is to look where you're going. You know, you know, that's why you have all these problems with people texting and looking down because they're not looking where they're going. If you're learning to, to ride a bike, so we're trying to teach uh, Freddie to ride a bike and he, he's doing well, but he's looking down at his pedals and he's just turning away because he's not looking where he's going. And of course, if you even have any aspirations to be a tightrope walker, maybe, you know, number one rule, look where you're going. So here's just the the big message of today. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If you just hear one thing today, it's that. Just just look where you're going as you drive, as you cycle, as you tightrope walk. If you look where you're going, you'll go in the right way. And Hebrews 3 is telling us, look at Jesus and you'll go in the right way. But let's just pray again as we begin. Father, thank you for this, your word. Thank you that it's good. Lord, we pray that that this morning you may help us more to fix our eyes on you and to listen to you. Amen. Well, uh, before we get to that, it's always good to start where the passage starts. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling... Therefore, whenever you see the word therefore, you've got to ask, what's it there for? And so actually, it's, we're looking back to chapter 2, which was the last time I was preaching on Hebrews. Uh, and we see, legally blonde. <laughs> You're thinking, Ben has lost it. Um, if you remember chapter 2, you remember we're talking about legally blonde. But the example was that, that it was somebody who was standing in for us. It was our advocate, someone who was doing what we could not Uh, Someone who is speaking for us. Uh, And because of that, uh, the author in Hebrew says, Therefore, because Jesus is your advocate, because Jesus is the one who speaks for you, you are a holy people. Now, when you you hear holy, you perhaps think of images a bit like that one. People with sort of funny shaped stuff above their head. But holy simply means people who are clean. And by clean, I don't mean having a bath, but, but clean as in they've been made right with God. They're spotless. You see, what we're doing here right at the start of the passage is we're being reminded that we have this new identity. That we are a holy people. A people who have been made right with God. Holy brothers and sisters. But indeed, brothers and sisters. We're not just a holy people, we're a family as well. Been given a new identity in a new family. But not just that, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, a new citizenship. See, a Christian is somebody who's got a new identity, they're holy, they've got a new family, and they've got a new calling, they're a citizen. And Paul, Paul, who probably wrote Hebrews, is saying, look, this is who you are right at the beginning. Jesus made you these things. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the calling. This is who you are. And what are you to do? 
second part of verse 1. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Fix your, your thoughts on Jesus, who's our apostle and high priest. It, it's really a bit of a summary uh, of what we've seen. It's a, a summary of, uh, of what it means to, to fix our thoughts. So it's a summary of what we've seen in chapters 1 uh, and 2. But when we think of apostle, uh, we probably think of somebody like uh, Peter or James or John, someone who was a disciple of Jesus, like Apostle, capital A. And they are, they are apostles. But actually, Jesus is the, the first apostle. John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now, the word apostle means sent one. So Jesus is actually the first sent one, as the Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you, says Jesus. But Jesus is the first apostle. He's the one by whom we hear God's words. And if you remember, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it's on the screens. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways, But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. Look, fix your eyes on Jesus, your apostle, the one through whom you hear God's words. That's why we kind of want to plug the Advent book. And why we've got this this Bible reading notes at the back as well that you could speak to Zoe about and sort of order a subscription if you wanted to. We don't plug it because we're on some sort of cheap commission like a YouTube channel. We plug it because we want to help each of us fix our eyes on Jesus. And doing an Advent book or Bible reading notes just really help you to do it. Fix your eyes on Jesus, our apostle, the one by whom uh, he brings God's word. But secondly, fix your eyes on Jesus as your high priest, uh, the one who uh, intercedes for you. My hope is that every time we hear God's word opened, every time someone stands up here and speaks from the Bible, is that more and more we may know the love that Jesus has for us. More and more we may know what he's done for us. Being a Christian is not about kind of starting with Jesus. Okay, I've got, I've got the Jesus bit sorted and now I'm going to move on to kind of more exciting other bits over here. It's like, no, no, no. Being a, being a Christian is about starting with Jesus and going deeper and deeper and deeper. A tree doesn't grow by saying, well, I've started well in this soil. Now I'm going to move myself to some other new exciting soil over here. No, a tree grows by going down and down and down into the same soil. Indeed, actually, it would be easier for you to dig down to the center of the world than it would be for you to dig down to the bottom of the gospel. You can keep going down and down and down. 
on earth in God's riches and God's treasures. So fix your eyes on Jesus, our high priest. Say, Lord, I need you every day. Lord, I know, as we've said already, Lord, I know that I have sinned, I've done evil in your sight. But thank you, Lord, that you have saved me, not because of anything I've done, but because of who you are, because of your grace and kindness to me. Thank you, you're my high priest who brings me home. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? Well, this is where we get this next little bit in verses uh, 2 to 6, where we have this sort of moment where we're saying Jesus is greater than Moses. Now, to the author, to the, the people reading Hebrews, they, they knew all about their Old Testament. So if you, if you mention Moses, you're kind of laying down the big guns. You know, if you're playing top trumps, he's the card to have. He's the one who's going to win you the round because he's got all the attributes. Moses is a faithful servant of God. So here, he's saying Moses is a faithful servant of God. He is a good God, but Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. He is better. See, Moses was was part of God's house. Jesus is the owner of the house. Moses was a, a faithful servant of God. Jesus is the son of God. Moses is good. He's not doing down Moses at all. He's not saying, oh, Moses is a bit rubbish, really. No, Moses was a brilliant, faithful servant of God who loved God and did God's words. But he's saying, but Jesus, he's the owner. He's the son. He's so much greater uh, than Moses. If you listen to Moses, how much more should we listen to Jesus? If we listen to the one who, who was given God's law, how much more should we listen to God's own son? Therefore... We move to verses 7 and 8. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. It's funny, isn't it? So if if you've got a Bible in front of you, you can kind of see verse 7, you can glance your eyes down to the end of verse 11, you see a tiny little B. And you go to the bottom of the page and it tells you that it's Psalm 95, verses 7 to 11. But he doesn't say, as the Holy Spirit said. As the Holy Spirit said when the the psalmist wrote Psalm 95 all those years ago. He says, as the Holy Spirit says. It's not past, it's present. He's saying, actually, look... God takes his written word and through his Holy Spirit, he makes it his living word. So much so that we can say today just as much as the Holy Spirit says today. And not just about those sort of four verses from Psalm 95, but all of God's words. As the Holy Spirit says, what? Listen. When God speaks, listen. The way that we show that we're part of God's people is by listening to God. 
I don't know how often you've said, I've probably said quite a few times to my children, you're just not listening. And what we mean by that is, you're not obeying. You know, sometimes they just don't even hear and you've got to tap them on the shoulder. Sometimes you know they've heard, they're just morally kind of going away. They're not obeying. When we hear God... We need to be those that listen and obey. And who is this speaking to? Well, it is to God's people who were in Exodus. I mean, if you were here with us over a few months ago, we went through the story of Exodus. We went through that story of the people who were saved through the plagues, who had the the blood on the door, who went through the Red Sea, uh, who made a golden calf who then wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because they didn't listen. They didn't obey. They grumbled. They moaned. He's saying, look, don't be like your ancestors. Do not harden your hearts, verse 8, as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. And again, he repeats verse 15. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion. He says, who were these people? These are the people who were led out of Egypt. These are the people who saw and experienced God. But it's serious because they didn't listen. Verse 18. They never entered his rest. They were people who saw and experienced God, but didn't believe it, and so never entered his rest. And it just makes me wonder if there's ever, that sometimes the same word for us as a, as a church, when I say church, I sort of mean church nationally. See, the Bible doesn't understand the Christianity uh, which is kept to Sundays only. People who who experience God, who are part of God's church, who hear uh, his word, who, who sing his praises, who say prayers, but then are completely unmoved by it. Actually, Jesus is Lord of our whole life. Being a Christian is not simply about sort of turning up for a few hours on a Sunday. It's about bowing our hearts to the King of all kings. It's about listening and obeying. Uh, Please don't mishear me. I'm not saying that that this means that we must attend a midweek activity. Because you could just turn up to that as well. I mean, no, it's about saying that Jesus is Lord over every single part of my life, 24-7. And I want to listen to him in every part of my life. There are things that, you know, small groups and things will help you do that. But actually, our our primary thing is to say, look, if we're part of God's people part of those who say we we hear him, who listen and obey, then that will impact every part uh, of our life. But also, 
uh, it's not a solo activity. Uh, Verse 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another daily. We, we need each other. Uh, there's an illustration which you may have heard before given by John Stott, so, who talks about a Scottish minister uh, who went to see one of his parishioners who, who, who didn't feel like he needed to come to church anymore. Uh, and they, they went in, and because it was Scotland, it was a bit cold. They had a coal fire on. Um, and the, the two of them are sat there, and the minister doesn't say anything. All he does is he takes the, the, the tongs, uh, and he takes a piece of coal out of the fire and just puts it on the hearth and then just sits down again. It's silent, but both of them are, are watching what's happening. And as you probably guessed, the, the coal that was on its own just slowly, the red disappeared, started to go out. The minister got back up again, got the tongs, picked up the one coal, put it back in the fire again. Almost straight away, it picked up the heat. The story goes, the minister just walked and left. But the image and the illustration, the metaphor, was clear. A coal cannot exist on its own and retain its heat. It won't last. And the same is is true of Christians. We can't last on our own. We need each other to be part of the body, to, to encourage one another daily, as we're told here. To spur one up, to fire one another, to bear with one another, to love one another. There's all these uh, one another's in the Bible. We need each other. It's not a solo activity being a Christian. We need, I need you and you need me. We need one another. So fix uh, your eyes on Jesus. But let's um, pull this together. Today, Jesus is calling us to, to fix his eyes on him today. Now, as we do that, to, to listen to him, to, to rest in the gospel, to, to know that he is my apostle and high priest, that, that he's done everything for me. And to encourage one another in that. And he calls me to do that today. I don't know if you like doing mazes. Um, they're quite good fun. You know, you get your sheet of paper and you kind of stretch it out. There are simple ones, there are hard ones. And obviously the, the, the way to cheat in a maze is to start at the end, isn't it? And you kind of work backwards. And the benefit of a maze like this is that you can kind of see where everything is. You can see what's going and what's happening. And sometimes I guess we, we might feel that the Christian life's like a maze, but actually it doesn't look like this. It looks like this. You know, those big mazes that you walk in, that unless you've got a helicopter, you can't see kind of where things are. But today, as we walk our life, Jesus is saying, today, fix your eyes on me. Today. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
Uh, Today, fix your eyes on me, listen to my voice, and obey. Like, tomorrow will come. Jesus is not calling you to a, a lifetime of obedience. He's calling you to obedience today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, today, tomorrow, da, 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 da. And, and if you add it all up, it will be a lifetime. But, but today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. As we walk through life, sometimes not knowing what is round the corner, today, Fix your eyes on Jesus, your apostle, the one who goes before you, who is God's word, your high priest, the one who's done everything for you. And if you fix your eyes on him, you will get home. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you may help us to fix our eyes on you, to listen to your voice, to obey, to not have an unbelieving heart, to help us encourage one another so that we will get home. Father, whatever you've been speaking to us about this morning, may we respond today as we hear you. In Jesus' name, amen.